This is the Avinu.info podcast brought to you by the Avinu.info blog author and senior pastors of Living Church Ministries International, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe. Today's topic, Revelation's Lamb, part four. Fallen angels introducing false doctrine. The problem with human leadership is that Satan has been successful in the past of seducing people away from Adonai for centuries. The spiritual tactics from the devil were to play on the human psyche in the area of the brain where our pleasure and addictions lie. The only counter move against Satan's attempt of controlling mental triggers in one's brain is for the person to repent of ungodly hidden desires of the heart, then give those dark places of secrecy to Yeshua, our Lord. One must find his or her way back to the love of the Lamb of God more than the pleasures of Satan's traps. Only our love for our Redeemer will successfully motivate us to resist the devil with our whole heart, soul, and body. The Great Mystery, Revelation 17, 1-7 of the Complete Jewish Bible of the King James Version. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The Holy Spirit is capable of rewiring one psyche, which then causes our desperate pursuit back to God. He alone is the title holder in spiritual warfare. The solution to spiritual backsliding was when Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, told John to deliver the message concerning those who fell away from God to return to their first love, Jesus of Nazareth. If the Lord would ever remove one's candlestick, that person would have no chance against the beast in Revelation. Verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Revelation 2 and 10 of the Message Bible. Fear nothing in the things you're about to suffer, but stay on guard. Fear nothing. The devil is about to throw you in jail for a time of testing. Ten days. It won't last forever. How repentance looked in the Old Testament. 1 Kings 8, 48 through 51 of the NLT Study Bible Text. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies and pray toward the land you give to their ancestors, toward this city you have chosen, and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers and their petition from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them, for they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt. Repentance There are three Greek words used in the New Testament to denote repentance. The verb metamelamai is used of a change of mind, such as to produce regret or even remorse on account of sin, but not necessarily a change of heart. 
This word is used with reference to the repentance of Judas in Matthew 27 and 3. Metanoio, meaning to change one's mind and purpose as the result of afterknowledge. This verb with the cognate noun metanoia is used of true repentance, a change of mind and purpose of life to which remission of sin is promised. Revelation 1, 1 through 3 of the New Living Translation Study Bible Prologue. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. Let's look at the Bible's definition of grace or charis. The complete word study Bible dictionary defines charis or charitos taken from charo as to rejoice. God's grace affects man's sinfulness and not only forgives the repentant sinner, but brings joy and thankfulness to him. It changes the individual to a new creature without destroying his individuality. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Charis, when received by faith, transforms man and causes him to love and to seek after the righteousness of God. Charis is initially regeneration, the work of the Holy Spirit, in which spiritual life is given to man and by which his nature is brought under the dominion of righteousness. The maintenance of this condition requires an unbroken and immense supply of grace. Grace remains constant in and basic to a believer's fight without against the devil and his struggle within against sin. Renewal is stimulated and impelled by God's illuminating and strengthening of the soul and will continue and increase so long as the soul perseveres. God's grace ensures that those who have been truly regenerated will persevere until the end of life. This entire work is called sanctification, a work of God, whereby we are renewed in the whole man and are enabled more and more to die daily unto sin and to live unto righteousness, as is stated by the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Grace may also refer to the external form or manner, particularly of persons meaning gracefulness, elegance. In the New Testament, only of words or discourses is gratefulness, agreeableness, acceptableness, Luke 4 and 22, gracious words, Ephesians 4 and 29, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, meaning what is acceptable, Colossians 4 and 6, Psalms 45 and 2, having favor with all the people. Herisco, to find grace or favor, or para, theo, para meaning before, theo meaning God, before God, as in Luke 1 and 30, enopion, to theo, enopion, before in the presence of, to theo, the God, before God, followed by para, with katetithemi, to place down, deposit, or grace with someone, meaning to lay down, or lay up favor with someone, gain favor, Acts 25 and 9. Caritas, to be in the good graces of the Jews, Acts 24 and 27. Metonymically, as the object of favor, something acceptable, 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20. This is well-pleasing to God. See Colossians 3 and 20, 1 Timothy 2 and 3, as well as chapter 4 and 5th verse. Of the grace, favor, and goodwill of God and Christ as exercised toward men, where charis or grace is joined with the erini, peace, or elios, mercy, and the like and salutations, including the idea of every kind of favor, blessing, good, as proceeding from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of the Avenu.info blog podcast. Special thanks to our authors, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe, and to our editor, Val Gunter. We ask you to help us with a gift of any size. Many lives are being changed worldwide by this ministry. Contributions can be mailed to 401 Omega Street South, Birmingham, Alabama 35205 or visit avenu.info and click on the donate button to make a secure payment with your debit card, credit card or PayPal account. Thank you in advance for your giving. Always walk blessed in the strong name of Jesus. To contact Bishop Roscoe by phone, please call 205-323-3733. 205-323-3733.